Hello and welcome to the Sports Technology Podcast. In this episode, we speak with Dr. Tom Allen, a lecturer in engineering design at Sheffield Hallam University. He leads the university's sports tech course and is also an associate editor of the Sports Engineering Journal. We talk about the academic side of sports technology and some of the projects in his research group. For more information, check out our website, sportstechnologypodcast.com, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at SportsTechPod. Enjoy! Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Technology Podcast. My name is Mike, and with me today again is Henry. Hello. And our guest this week is Dr. Tom Allen. He's a lecturer in engineering design at Sheffield Hallam University and also is part of the organizing committee for the International Sports Engineering Association Conference, which is coming up uh, next year at University of Sheffield Hallam. So, Tom, welcome to the podcast. Um, Thanks for um, joining us. And uh, would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself and, and how you got into the, the field of sports and technology? So I did my undergraduate degree in mechanical engineering. I always had a strong interest in, in sports and in sports engineering. And I did that for my final year project. And throughout my degree, I was always thinking that that was an area that I, that I wanted to go into. So I spent a lot of time looking on the ISEA website, so the website for the International Sports Engineering Association, looking at things that are on there and I saw um, an internship advertised at Adidas so I applied for that which I which I then got and I spent six months in Germany working with with Tim Lucas and the, the team at Adidas and that was brilliant and when I was there I met, I met a guy called Bob Kirk who was doing a, a PhD at Sheffield at the time and he said you know you should come over to Sheffield and sort of join our join our team so following Bob's advice I went to went to Sheffield and, and met Steve Hake and he offered me a PhD in, in tennis. So I was working on modeling tennis rackets with, with Prince Sports and I spent three years sort of doing my PhD, spending time in Italy, designing and kind of developing and, and going through the process of tennis rackets, in particular looking at finite element modeling of the rackets and, and validating those those models and then following following my PhD I, I did some some postdoc work continuing in the research pa- in the research center and kind of mainly sort of publishing papers for my PhD and, and other projects and then a few years ago I got a lectureship in engineering design and I'm, I'm leading our undergraduate course so our BSc course in sports technology and I spend a lot of time doing that now, as long as my, my own research. And as you said in the introduction, we're hosting the, the conference, the Sports Engineering Conference in, in Sheffield next summer. So again, we're spending a lot of time doing that. We're, we're currently in the stage of looking at papers and, and reviewing those. Great. Tom, I'm wondering when you, when you first started thinking about this, this type of career, are there any sports or pieces of equipment that you were inspired by or, or wish could be better or um, I guess any any examples that you, you you saw something and you thought like oh I want to be involved with with making that or or improving this or something like that growing up I was always really into snowboarding and I still am and I think that was what I always wanted I, I always think I think I kind of thought that I would leave university and go and sort of work for a snowboard company things have changed now I'm much more just into the the research and, and the science and the and the, bo- the kind of the broader broader spectrum. But I was always into um, things like sailing and, and biking and 
sports where the where the equipment was was relatively relatively complex. In particular, sailing as well. There's a lot of lot of physics that that goes into that. I actually did my um, undergraduate project designing a a land yacht, so which is essentially a sailing boat on on wheels. So that was that was quite fun. Is there is there somewhere in the UK where you can sail those or? Uh, yeah, they they do it um, in a few different places. I think particular um, sort of in North Devon and, and around there. So one of the things that I've always found found particularly interesting is that because sports technology is not that well known of a field, like the the amount of of equipment and, and products that it touches is huge. But just mm-hmm. from a, an educational point of view, people that I come across and tell kind of my background and um, aren't too familiar with it. So we'd like to get our guests to explain what sports technology means to them. So um, from your perspective and, and having kind of gone through a PhD and, and now doing lecturing and kind of running a course on it, how do you define sports technology? You're, you're definitely right there. Then it's a, it's, a very, it's a very niche field and there aren't many places that actually offer it. And in terms of a, a taught course, I always think of it as a bit like mechanical engineering with instrumentation and, and biomechanics. But really, I think of sports engineering in the field as sort of the application of engineering and particular physics, particularly physics to understanding sport and complex scenarios. That's particularly how I'd think of it from a, from a research standpoint. So it's looking at the, at the physics of sport from an industry perspective, it's maybe more about designing of the of the equipment itself so typically a sports engineer i'd say would work on you know designing equipment what are the big areas of interest or categories of work that that you see as as big topics in the in the industry right now or or even research that you guys are doing at sheffield okay so yeah going forward like traditionally it was much more i guess focused on equipment design and materials but we're working a lot more with with teams and people like UK Sport and developing sort of training aids and, and training systems. And and our our team has now computer programmers, and we're kind of look, looking at different areas really. So rather than necessarily say creating a better bike for a cyclist, we'd be creating the tools to help them understand their cycling and, and sort of the physics involved and and what they need to do to improve. But then kind of more from a from an equipment side, an area that, that we're really getting into now, and this is a kind of really exciting area for us, is we're looking more towards injury and injury prevention. So how how can we design equipment specifically to help improve performance, but also to prevent injury? And I think that's a really, really interesting area, particularly for, for universities to, to be involved with. Can you give us a feel perhaps for... for- prospective students that might be listening, what sort of topics you cover in your undergraduate course? So the undergraduate course is, is, quite, is quite broad. And like I was saying before, it's, it's, it's a little, you can think of it a little bit like mechanical engineering with instrumentation and biomechanics. So we have a, a biomechanics stream in our course, and I'd say that's relatively common for, for most sort of sports technology or sports engineering courses. So Biomechanics, again, instrumentation. We have instrumentation across all, f- all three years of the course. So that may be using sort of instrumentation methods to measure the performance of sports equipment. 
we do um, design, so sort of fundamental design methods, and then also CAD on top of that, materials. So it's quite it's quite a broad a broad spectrum. One thing that I would say to to any students that are listening is don't don't get confused with the sort of the terminology between sports engineering, um, sports technology, or possibly um, sports materials. Essentially, these all kind of fall under the umbrella of sports engineering and technology. And there's a there's a wide range of courses out there. I quite often have people who who will come to us at open days and say, oh, you know, there's only one or maybe two places in the country which offer this course. And I say, if you if you think about it a little bit more and look at look at your options, there's actually quite a wide range. Part is is kind of part of your job then kind of this whole branding and especially even with the ISCA work that you're doing is kind of getting people from all sorts of different backgrounds kind of under this umbrella of whether it may be sports technology or sports engineering, sports materials. I guess it, it's something that I find fascinating that everyone kind of has their own definition. Yes. Yeah, no, totally. I, I really do agree with that. And I think this branding issue is very important. And I think it really is something that needs to be considered carefully and and as a community, I think we need to come together and think about it because I think at the moment it causes confusion where some people would say sports technology, some people would say sports engineering, some would say sports materials, as you said, and that, that doesn't really help. I think if we come together a bit more as a community and have some more common language, that would definitely help, particularly for students. So for people who are already in the industry, it's I guess it's less confusing, but for students coming through, I can imagine that there's probably students that will go to a university and just look at sports engineering courses and there'll be other students who'll just go and look at sports technology courses and they won't necessarily look at both and and that's definitely a, a problem i think well while we're talking about uh, about the group the industry uh, do you want to say a few words about um icia i'm involved with with the icia in a few ways and um, quite a lot at the moment actually so i'm currently the the associate editor of the journal sports engineering and I do that with my colleague here, uh, Dr. Simon Chopin. So we work very closely together and with Lloyd Smith as well. He's the, he's the editor, editor in chief. And again, we're doing a lot there in terms of promoting the journal and promoting the field and promoting it at different conferences. And then we have a role with the ISCA is on the organizing committee for the, for the conference. And again, we're, we're very busy with that. We had a, a very large, number of abstracts come in some some really high quality abstracts and we've just had the the deadline for the full paper submission as well so all our papers are now out at review they're, they're, well some of them are coming back from review and we're hoping to get all those back to kind of to the authors shortly and then next summer when sort of the conference conference kicks off it's going to be you know it's going to be really good in Sheffield I'm really I'm really looking forward to it and again I'd advise anyone that's listening to to come along We've yeah got, um, I'll, I'll second that i think uh, mike mike and i as well as some of our colleagues were there last year uh or was it last year or two years ago last year in uh in massachusetts yes it was a great time it was it was kind of it was it was fun because it was almost like a, a bunch of people who are kind of maybe in the minority in their in their university or in their research groups just with the sport focus kind of a, gathering together a whole bunch of like minds and like interests it was really a it was really, uh, yeah, it was fun. A lot of, yeah, a lot of interesting is. things going on. A lot of, like, I don't know, connections you can make that you can't make elsewhere. It was, it was a good time. No, it is, it is a really 
a really um, fun conference and it's really good. And one one thing that I, that I have noticed compared to sort of going to other conferences is that it's it's almost like a, a celebration of the community. So every every two years, the entire community gets together. It is a very mixed community, and we have people from academia and industry, possibly people from governing bodies and, and sports teams, all coming together and having a you know a, a good time, presenting some you know some really high quality work, but also kind of catching up with old friends and things like that. As you look through some of the papers and and kind of presentations coming in to your desk, do you notice any emerging themes or things that are have really picked up in popularity over the last kind of couple of years? Excellent, excellent question. Yeah, I mean that is actually one thing that we are doing with the journal at the moment is we're, we're going through through an exercise where we're we're going back and we're we're looking at all the papers which we've published in the past and what we're publishing now, and we're trying to predict you know, how the field has changed and how things are going to change going forward. One area that, that I have seen which is which is really growing and, and is really interesting is the idea of aerodynamics of, of sports balls. So traditionally, I guess, aerodynamics was done in the wind tunnel. So you have, you know, a fixed ball, say a football in a wind tunnel and you, and you have air flowing over that ball and you're, you're measuring your, your lift and your drag coefficients. More and more recently, we've seen some some different different techniques, some really innovative techniques, particularly focused around projecting the ball and then measuring your lift and drag rather than having a stationary ball. So the ball is moving through the air. Um, Eric Goff presented some excellent work where he was actually he would chuck a cloud of dust in the air and then fire a ball through that whilst filming it, and you'd see the the flow separation around the ball in the dust. Rod Cross has recently published some, some nice work in our journal. And again, Lloyd Smith presented some work in the past where he was firing the ball um, through, some, through some light gates and, and measuring your drag coefficient that way. So that is, that is something that I've really noticed, trying to get, I guess, some, some more, some more realist, realistic testing and move, moving away from, from the wind tunnel a little bit. Yeah, that's great. Some really some really innovative things there. I'm going to have to look that up. I had no idea that was uh, what's going on. Um, in the in the time that you've been involved in the industry, if you've seen, um, I mean, maybe it, maybe it's evident in the titles of, of the papers and the topics. But if you if you've seen, I guess more more directed, specific, or, or I guess committed research. Like if there's if there's more of it going on and in, in, in greater detail. Is that do you know what I'm getting at? Like. Is it becoming more of a more of a, a serious topic? Not that it not that it ever wasn't, but yeah. So one one, one of the, the big in, in the beginning, I guess it started out a bit, maybe a bit simple, a bit uh, like like a side project, but now it's becoming a bit more of a of a mainstream thing. Would you would you say that, or is that no no of, no? I would totally agree. So when obviously when when you start off anything, you you start in the simplest scenario. And you solve that, and then and then you build on that, and every new piece of research has to build and and further that. So, for example, you may start off with a, a early early research looking at the bounce of a tennis ball and just just a, a normal bounce on the ground, and then you would move on and start looking at oblique impacts, and then very early tennis ball models, tennis ball bat models would be looking at the just a perpendicular impact between the ball and the bat, assuming it's it's rigid. 
And then over time that develops. And rather than just this simple scenario of, okay, we're modeling a perpendicular impact between a ball and a racket, we've got a complete system and we're, we're modeling the complete system and we're starting to say, okay, we know that, or we hope, we're hoping to get to the point where we can give a player this tennis racket and we can use our models and our, and our experiments to actually understand the effect that may have on a tennis shot rather than just, okay, we know what happens when we have a simplified collision in the lab, but we can't really relate that to to tennis. And I think things are getting much more to the case where we can go, okay, we can do some work and we can predict what effect that's actually going to have. Could you uh, could you speculate on, on what you think the most advanced sport is research-wise? Like where the, where the, I don't know, where the most detailed, most advanced uh, research is coming from? Um, what, I, what I would say with that is that the most advanced sports and the ones with the most advanced research tend to be the ones that have the most, the most money in them. So sports like football, there's always lots of very advanced research, um, particularly around the sort of the World Cup and kind of the release of the new ball. So when a new kind of World Cup ball comes out, like has done recently, there'll always be a load of papers that will that will come off the back of that, sort of to do with the aerodynamics and the impact of the ball. And then tennis, there's lots of, lots of money in tennis. The, the International Tennis Federation are very advanced. They've got a very advanced technical center. And then, you know, the main tennis racket manufacturers are, you know, very kind of performance and technology driven and and golf and and cycling these are all the kind of the major sports with lots of research i mean we did some research in in field hockey this was this was fairly recently we were looking at field hockey sticks and this must have been one of the the first papers that have been published on the impact of a field hockey stick because it's a it's a smaller sport and there's less money so there's less research going on in that area and when you compare that to the number of papers which have been published on tennis rackets or, or golf clubs, it's actually, it's, it's, it's quite surprising when you look at it from, from that perspective. Do you have a favorite project or research area that you've explored throughout your career? Okay, so I think one of the ones that is really exciting and really interesting at the moment is a very large sort of ongoing project that we're doing with tennis. So we work very closely with the International Tennis Federation and also We've done lots of work with, with Prince Sports. And it's always been the case, as I've talked about before, that we would do testing in the lab and we could say, okay, in our, in our performance test in the lab, this racket performs better than, than this racket, for example, in terms of rebound speed. But what we want to really understand is well, what does that actually mean on court when the player is using that racket? So... What we're working on at the moment is trying to correlate the two and trying to say, okay, if we've got this racket, we test it in the lab, this is what it shows us, what does that actually mean on court? Do we get the, do we get the same result? So we've done lots of research and we have a colleague in our, in our group, um, Dr. John Kelly, who spends lots of time kind of developing tools and systems and he developed a system for measuring the, the spin of a tennis ball. So we would use that to, to measure the, the spin of the ball on court and we can relate that back to, to our lab tests. But it's still fairly complex because we don't know 
how the players move in the racket and how that may change as we change the variables of the, the racket, the mass of the racket or the string bed, and they may be changing to compensate. So a project that we're currently doing at the moment is developing a, a system to track the racket on court with a single, a single camera. And the idea then is we'll be able to combine that with the, with the ball tracking software. And we can say, okay, these are the, these are the impact conditions. This is what's happening. And we can then relate that back to our lab test and say, okay, is there, is there a correlation? At the moment, we've got a lab test, but we, we don't know 100% how that exactly relates to, to play. So that's a, that's a really exciting area for us at the moment. Yeah, that's great. It sounds like very multi, multifaceted, multidisciplinary work. That's, that's cool. Yeah, um, yeah, there's quite a few people in our group who are all working on tennis from very different aspects of it, all kind of coming together. Great. Well, uh, are there any websites or, or Twitter handles or, or things you'd like to point our listeners to if they want to know more about your research group or your work or this, so, this tennis project, for example? So I would say there's, there's probably three, well, two, two main websites. One would be our, our research center. Mm-hmm. And That's the Center for Sports Engineering Research at Sheffield Hallam. Exactly. Yes. And then that has all the information about the conference if, anyone, if anyone's interested in that and also i would say possibly more as well for definitely for students and people with a general interest in sports engineering and technology would be our would be our blog which is engineeringsport.co.uk and that's okay, just great. discussing things generally around the, around the topic of sports engineering great well we'll put we'll put some links up on our website and uh, for, for our listeners to follow um tom allen thanks a lot for your time thanks for the discussion Thanks for the discussion, and uh, wish you all the best with your, uh, with your research in the future. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. And that is the episode. Thank you, Tom, and thanks, listeners, for listening. We will put those links up on our website, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at SportsTechPod for other sports technology-related stories. Thanks. Bye.